Welcome to Re-Review, where we watch movies from our past with a perspective from today. Your hosts are Matt, Bobby, and Austin, and we love the films from our youth, so we're taking a look back to see if they still hold up. On this episode, we're discussing Bloodsport. It was released in 1988, directed by Newt Arnold. It stars Jean-Claude Van Damme, Donald Gibb, Leia Ayers, Forrest Whitaker, Roy Chow, and Bolo Young. This movie challenges you to fight to the death. Now, this is a fair warning. We're spoiling a 35-year-old film, so if you haven't seen it, we will be revealing key plot points. So, you know when you're a kid and fighting is exciting, (laughs) and you watch fighting movies, and you think, man, this is the best thing I've ever watched, and then you go on the playground, and you're like, let's get in fights, everyone, because we just want to fight everybody. This is what that movie did for me. Um, No. I can't explain why, you know, especially now looking at it for such a violent film, why like this is something we had as as a kid that our parents, like me and my cousin love this film. We would watch it and we'd try to like act out everything nonstop from it. And um, (laughs) you were literally giving every parent the reason why they should have the rating system and why you should allow, like you're promoting this creates violence. That's where I'm very surprised. We're like, huh, should I have been a kid watching this? But it was (laughs) It was was so much fun. It made you just want to be a fighter. You're like, yes, I want to to be this awesome, like, kick-ass fighter that trains really hard and does all these things. Of course, I didn't do any of that. But, you know, the times I took karate were probably definitely inspired by this particular film. Um, (laughs) I I, I had a, a big fondness for the idea of this because it was really that kind of first martial arts fighting film that I think I saw. Um, that I completely attached to and didn't necessarily probably watch a lot, lot of other action type movies. So it built just an immediate fondness for Van Damme going like, man, this dude kicks a lot of ass. And I'm confident that he does not represent the most ass kicking because uh, Matt ended up comparing him to a name that I will not say. I'll let you be the one to <laughs> damn him like that, you terrible person. Um, but I'll ask you, all right, what was the first time you saw this movie? Uh, for me, I probably watched this a little bit later. I think the first time I might've watched it was on TV. Um, but I, when I was a teenager, I kind of got into a martial arts movie kick. Um, I, cause you know, I did martial arts growing up, you know, entire life, you know, karate, taekwondo, um, uh, kuksuwan, like all those different ones or whatever. So like I was in it when I was younger and then I, um, hit my teen years. And then I, I had this weird sense of, I needed to go back and watch the 60s, 70s and 80s martial arts movies. So you're watching all the Bruce Mm -hmm. Lee stuff. Yeah. All the Bruce Lee stuff, all the, he who shall not be said named (laughs) also Caucasian martial artist, Mr. (laughs) Mr. Steven Seagal. Um, you know, I, you know, I watched a bunch of those growing up. Um, and, watching them then versus watching them now, you know, I, I watch this movie and the, the action is slow and tame in comparison. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's funny because like, I think, you know, earlier than this, you had drunken master and mm-hmm. Jackie Chan, like you said, Bruce Lee, very kinetic, very energized, uh, action, uh, even editing, I, that was the thing I thought was the strangest about this was the editing was just strange at times. Um, I feel like you're being kind. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I mean, we, we, when we were watching this, obviously we pointed out the 
student film-esque nature of how this was, <laughs> you know, filmed, acted, shot. You know, there was a lot of two shots, lots of two shots to the point where like, mm-hmm. I started wondering if the people were even in the same room together when they did it. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting watching this now because I remember being into this movie when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I That's the appropriate answer, yes. Uh-huh. I, I feel like this might have been the first time I'd ever seen a guy do the splits before. No, all right. Yeah, yeah um, that makes sense. Signature and, move. Yeah, signature move. I mean, obviously he became very... I don't know if he did it in Street Fighter, but for sure, <laughs> you know, that was the Van Damme move. Um, mm-hmm. And watching it now after all these years it i can't tell you the last time i watched this i probably was in my early 20s the last time i watched it it had its moments i think the thing that stood out to me the most is the fact and you said it too you thought exactly what i was thinking which was like this whole thing was adr'd like, yeah. yeah it yeah. it was a movie filmed in english by an american cast and crew and all of it seemed like it was dubbed and I was like, was this like in like, you know, Mandarin or something like that? Like what was this actually filmed in? Cause none of the lip sync was right. They just, they didn't have microphones on set. Bobby, what was the first time you saw it? <laughs> My story is a lot like maths. Uh, I'm sure I saw it on TV sometime when I was a kid, but I have this memory of just being so like, I don't even know what the word is. So like, like shocked by it. And so just like, the like violence I just rem- got to you? Yeah, I I just remember in my mind just like it being so much more like frightening and violent and like I just remembered like, oh wow, there's a thing where people can fight to the death and like just being like just kind of like scandalized and like just thinking like, yes. wow, this movie is so violent. I shouldn't be you're, watching this. This you're is describing awesome. everything we just watched. That's what I just heard. <laughs> I'm and sorry, then, what? And then w- what's interesting is watching it again. And maybe it's the cynical part of me now, but I'm just so much more aware of it as a film and as like a filmmaking process. Like I just, when I was watching it, I just thought, okay, I'm watching a movie. And like all the processes of movies, like were going through my head, like, okay, there's a camera here and they're like filming a stunt guy who's like, it it just to me like just some movies that we watch were able to just realize like okay like just kind of melt into the story and kind of forget that there's a camera and a process and this movie just kind of made me aware of a camera and a process like the the very first shots of the movie just looked like stock footage to me and then even though it they might have been like you know it probably was particularly they, they, look, they would look really good until it cut away to the actual movie and i was like oh wait the camera quality just dropped yeah and i mean it's it's possible like they shot this and like i mean if if you get like so i've shot 16 millimeter before and there and there's some 16 millimeter cameras that you don't get like sync sound like it's not a good enough camera to actually roll it exactly 24 frames a second so you actually don't get sync and so it requires a lot of adr and so i wonder if that happened with this movie i mean like there's been movies where you know when that happens where you can't get exact sync sound and basically what they do is they film the movie and then they do an additional take right after it that's an audio Mm -hmm. only take 
just to try to get the the like match the exact energy of the film shot and then just like do the audio and i wonder and i think like el mariachi and some other like movie shot on film were done that way and i wonder if this movie was done that way it feels that way because it seems like there's no reason to have this this much dubbing or just for it to be the entire friggin movie um it's almost like you just it was it was almost not in line enough just so you felt a little bit off like a little bit un, un, well, i'm gonna say uncanny valley but it just felt a little wrong right i i was okay with it after a while i think I think I started to kind of like, I, it might've just been the laughter and the alcohol that made me forget <laughs> about it. But after a while it started becoming fine for the most part. I think Jean-Claude was, was probably the worst. Like, I feel like his felt like they definitely probably had to go back and redo all of his. And there's no way they did it on purpose as a homage to. No, this, this was, <laughs> this, 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 this was, this was shoestring budget. Trying but, to give it credit. The, the thing that blows my mind, and I didn't really realize it until just now, like this movie came out in 88. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, it's funny because the way Bobby described the movie, the way he remembered it, I, I imagine is the way like conservatives saw Mortal Kombat the game back in the day, like <laughs> hyper violent, like yeah. horrifying thing. But like this came out in 88. Karate Kid came out in 84. And I feel like that movie was more energetic than this one was. Like I'll have to go back and watch it again, but like it's mind blowing that this came out eight eight years after Karate Kid. I feel like that just gave us a reason to watch Karate Kid. Yes, <laughs> but yes. you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean this probably gets into, and we know why we uh, tend to enjoy Karate Kid. Let's talk about the story. <laughs> Let's talk about what's really there was going a story. <laughs> Let's talk about what they lined up for us. We have a character, Mister Dukes. Or as Matt likes to refer to him, Ducks Man. <laughs> Gotta get those ducks in a row. He he's a trained martial artist in ninjutsu, trained by a Japanese man who's lost two families and had no choice but to tr- train the French son of a winemaker to be a martial artist. Th- did you feel that? Did you feel the important the importance that was shared with that I, family training? I'm I'm trying to get to the. Uh... The fact that a French guy came to America to make wine. <laughs> that doesn't add up. And I'm trying to figure out like why he he broke into some guy's house, was fascinated by a sword, and then was kind of taken in and then felt some kind of sense of obligation to the family after that. Like mm-hmm. Would you, if you, someone was breaking into your house and was a young child, wouldn't you be like, let me show you the ways of being a good, responsible human being for your French family has failed you? Right. I mean, I understand that, but I mean, I, I mean, I understand it from the adult's perspective, but why did the kid, why was the kid like, okay, like now I'm going to pledge my, pledge my allegiance to you now. You know what I thought was weird and I didn't really think about it until a little bit afterwards was it. And I didn't remember this until we watched this this time is he so he was a kid. He uh, trained the uh, what was his name? Shinzo Shinzo, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the teacher very much made it clear that he was only training him so that he could be there as basically a punching bag for his son, Correct. for his son's mm-hmm. training purposes. And but that's not the way he presented it 
to his family at all. He was just like, you know, oh, he needs discipline. He needs to learn the ways or whatever. Martial science. Martial science. But then it's weird because the thing I didn't remember was the fact that, okay, now we're back in the present time and uh, Shingo, the son, is dead. Mysterious reasons. I guess it was because he was in the Kumite, I guess, five years ago and died. Hmm. And then you have him go back and he has to be trained by Senzo again. Like it feels like it feels weirdly out of place. It almost feels like all that training should have happened when he was the kid. And then Mm -hmm. he comes back to take revenge for Shingo being killed, maybe by Chung Lee or whatever. Mm -hmm. And this is whole, this whole thing is just, to regain honor, to regain, you know, you know, vengeance for Shingo dying, but that doesn't happen. He was trained as a kid and had to come back and be trained again mm-hmm. because I guess he because wasn't really trained in the first place. Yeah. He, he was not given the proper training. He but, wanted to be the master, right? He wasn't trained to be a master. He was just kind of, but apparently he's a $6 million man that the U S army can't let go. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so like, very true. it's it's weirdly out of place. It's like they wanted adult Jean Claude Van Damme to do a training montage, but the story didn't support it. Well, wasn't the whole movie just a montage? Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, how many montages did we count? Eight, ten, <laughs> at least four, at least maybe five. I mean, we get the opening one where we spent time so much time in his head walking through all these memories you just described and at some point i said don't forget we're still in the house looking at the sword right we're still looking at this thing (laughs) it's a very heavy heavy on the montages and definitely i felt like there was so much drama with the proclaiming that tanaka you know had lost his family two times over and matt's trying to do the math for uh, for World War II and what time was this taking place to make that even make sense for how old he was supposed to be? <clears throat> yeah, it, but it, it was still it, it didn't math right. <laughs> well, no, it, it didn't math right at all. Uh, but you know, when you think about the montages, so we just talked about the opening one, then we get the whole training montage, right? I mean, isn't it great to see Jean Claude get like beat up by sticks and get stretched apart? You no, know? you you have an interesting fetish that I was not aware of prior to this recording. <laughs> Well, it was all like, this is what's going to happen to him later. You know, I will give this movie credit. It did do a decent job on set up, set up and payoffs throughout the movie, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. physical, verbal, or whatever. Like, I almost felt, again, that the training montage for Jean-Claude Van Damme should have been, that was actually younger Jean-Claude Van Damme before mm-hmm. the, the series of events. But it, And maybe I missed something. If I missed something, correct me by all means. No, no, you didn't. Like, it felt like that happened after he ran away from the shower. (laughs) That's the way that I would perceive. But it felt like it should have been like, oh, this is actually 18-year-old Jean-Claude Wait, no, 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 no. Hold on. Wait, you think the training happened after he ran away from the shower? Yeah. No, no, not at all. Oh, okay. So that was that was supposed to be younger Jean Claude. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, so Wait. Shingo died way before. Right. Yes. And but then, then he gets... Sinzo in his deathbed still had black hair. Yes. yes. Okay. So my my sense of timing is way off. Then. I wonder why, when you have so many montages running around <laughs> your head, it makes no, it the much shower, harder to kind of sh- tell what's going on. The shower stuff to me like happened way after. Yeah, it was all leading up to, well, we should talk about the main event, the Kumite, right? So bringing fighters from all over the world with different styles to match up to see who's the strongest. I mean, how is that not amazing? How is that not Street Fighter? (laughs) 
all the more reason why I love this movie as a kid. Like I, <laughs> I, I think it tied so much to the idea of even with fighting games and how much fun those were to see people of, I'm going to put it in quotes, different styles fighting each other. <laughs> the reason it's in quotes is because um, if you watch this movie, they could probably use a little more work on their martial arts choreography. Maybe <laughs> they, the two things that I remember I wrote down while I was watching this was the choreograph- choreography was stiff. Mm-hmm. And why is everyone wearing satin uniforms? <laughs> everyone was wearing satin for their uniforms. Comfy and sexy. Well, I, I think they did what they thought looked good on camera, which are the big, like high leg stretching kicks and the big, like acrobatic punches and then the big reaction to them. Like it was all basically just like big hit, big reaction mm-hmm. goes down. Mm-hmm. But it was, the problem is there'd be like two hits and then the person is somehow completely destroyed in a match. Right. Oh, yeah. No, there was that one hit. I can't remember which one it was where he literally just kind of flicked the dude's back of his head and he was just out. Didn't even, you, know, you mean the guy that died? Him. Uh, no, I don't, I don't know if he died. I, that was another thing that was kind of vague was I thought there was more that quote unquote died in this than I think actually did mm-hmm. because the way they did sound effects, I swear I kept hearing necks being broken. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, is everyone just getting murdered in this or, but then they made such a big deal about the one dude getting his neck, like neck snapped, even though he, his head didn't turn an inch, but his, I, his head did not turn one bit, <laughs> but, but they all turned their backs on him as if he was dead. So I figured yes. he was the dead one, but don't look closely. He was, uh, he was breathing. Still. <laughs> yes. So we could probably talk about a little bit of continuity issues that we found <laughs> that actually caused us to pause and question our lives. Um, Matt was very astute in noticing that our good friend, uh, Victor, who is the, what the, you'd say, not the training manager, but really the, the connection for the Kumite. He's like the middle For man, both, yeah. uh, both Dukes and uh, Jackson. Um, and <laughs> he meets them, says, hey, we're going to go to the venue. <clears throat> he has a uh, mustache and a little goatee. He's rocking a goatee. He's just walking along in the streets of uh, Hong Kong. They go through an alley and steps into the Kumite venue. And guess what he no longer has? A mustache and goatee. <laughs> when did he shave? That was Matt's question. I think it was a legitimate question. When did he shave? I think I think it brings us back to my idea of like watching this movie and thinking like, okay, this is a movie, and realizing like, wait a minute, like this must not have been recorded on the same day that this other stuff was. Mm-hmm. And when did they do all this? And just throw it in. Yeah, we realize like, oh wait, the like the the exterior Hong Kong shots must have been shot at a completely different time than whatever mm-hmm. the stadium or the like the main match area was in some like downtown LA like s- studio and just kind of seemed disjointed from the rest of it. I mean, it, it definitely is that. And we, you know, we go on. There's lots of fighting. There's a lot less talking as it's match after match after match with just beats in between. We have uh, Leia Ayers with Janice, who's I'm a reporter who needs to go watch you fight. But hey, Jean-Claude, I'm going to sleep with you. I feel like that reporter bit was kind of like an ongoing thing back like in the like this this time period of movies. Was like, that, was like that supposed to be it. some kind of expose about barbarism or like... 
<laughs> she didn't seem that way by the end of it. Bobby, I love that you want to read the article. That's what I just heard. I, You're like, can you I'm actually tell like, me what, what you on wrote? earth she was writing and who for? Like, is it like a, is it like supposed to be some kind of like New York Times? Like, it definitely feels that way. There's people trying to kill each other here. Let's. I let's, gotta get in there. I got a story to write. Let's blood shame them. <laughs> oh gosh! Blood wow. Shame. <laughs> Well, I, mean, I love I love I love the idea that there's a term called blood shaming. The hilarious thing is the fact that you know it's it's like this secret thing that everyone knows about. Everybody knew about it. Every single person from the from the Chinese police to to the strangers on the street. Well, her being the reporter, just talking to random people. You're here for the Kumite, right? Oh no no no! But yes yes yes, we actually all are. Um. We all kind of paused at the idea that we forgot Forrest Whitaker's in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a throwback, right? You were happy with seeing young baby-faced Forrest? In fact, we thought everyone looked really <laughs> everyone young. Everyone was baby-faced in this one. That was that probably says more about us. <laughs> even, the, <laughs> even the old dying guy was baby-faced. <laughs> well, like, and yeah, oh, go ahead. That, that was the... I'm I'm still... The whole Forrest Whitaker, and I can't remember the other actor's name, that was the army police MPs, I guess, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were dressed like they were just beat cops or like <laughs> stand like detectives or like I, maybe FBI. Like it was very vague, and I wasn't entirely sure what their purpose actually was served. I mean, again, I don't know why this guy was so important. I guess he had right. the nuclear it, codes or something, but is it were they just trying to raise the stakes somehow? Be like, okay, like. It's not important that he lives because we like his character, but because, oh, the reporter likes him too. And then he's got a friend who's now mm. in the hospital. And, oh, yeah, it's of, like, national security importance that he lives this thing. I mean, yes, <laughs> I guess to all of that, that's the part that is kind of painful because like, we have to get we have to get him back home to America. But it's kind of like, well, wait, why? And of course, at the end of the day, oh, we'll let you fight. And then you even have the scenes where you see uh, uh, Rollins, Forrest Whitaker's character, clapping in the back, cheering him on. At the end of the day, everyone just wants to watch Jean-Claude Van Damme fight, right? <laughs> okay, the pinnacle fight scene, him with Chon Lee. You, you love that, right? Honestly, not really. If I'm being completely honest, like the way I remember it, it was kind of this epic battle and everything. But when I actually yeah. watched it this time, is it was one poorly coordinated. To be honest, there was a lot of moments mm-hmm. that just didn't work. That I, maybe editing could have fixed, cutting away. I like a that Chun Li guy though. He's really fun to watch. He is. Um, he definitely chewed up the scenery when he was on there. Yeah, considering the type of bad guy he was supposed to be mm-hmm. um and there was those little moments like the bandana right mm-hmm. but it all falls down to the fact that the whole thing between him and frank is because he broke his record by two seconds <laughs> that he set during that match <laughs> it was mind-blowing these are the things that make people angry man well, it's like it's like the you know the the like super intense athletes, you know, like Michael Jordan or whatever. He's like looking for something to be mad about to motivate him for his match because he's so good. 
Yes. I love that you just compared Chong Lee to Michael Jordan. <laughs> I did not expect that path tonight. <laughs> so my, my next question is going to be the one that I was feeling the entire time. I want to remake. I do. Really? And here's why. Because of that Street Fighter sense that you described. Because I was still here for the fighting, but I, I kept going, wow, imagine if this was good. <laughs> wow. So... I'm thinking we get a remake. I, uh, I'm sorry, Jean Claude, you can't, you can't be uh, Mr. Dukes anymore. Uh, but we get a remake, and we actually get like really tight, awesome action martial arts, you know, work that would just make this super, super, super legit. And maybe the stakes aren't, you know, he's trying to be pulled back to the states, but it's just a good story about, you know, mixed martial artists. Wow, I just said I want an MMA movie. Leave me alone. I feel like this movie like exists like. 10 years ago like wasn't there was a fighting movie but what's really messing me up about this is that what kept popping in my head is images of hot shots <laughs> which must have been from Bloodsport 2 because they like wrap their hands in glass shards or something in, okay in the second movie and then in the hot shots movie like dips his hands in like ice cream sprinkles and and for some reason it just kept messing me up and i kept picturing the ice cream sprinkles and and i'm like wait a minute like when is he when is he gonna dip his hands in the because i think he fights the same guy in the sequel i'm like oh when is he gonna dip his hands in the in the in the glass glass. shards but it didn't it never happened I mean, all I'm hearing is clearly we have to watch part two. That's that's what I just heard. We need to watch this quintessential glass scene. I hope there's a blood sport three. We could watch that too. <laughs> okay. At this point, I feel like it's known um, how we may feel. So I'm just going to give us the round robin at this point. Bobby, tell the world. Are you telling them to watch blood sport today? Absolutely. If you have 90 minutes of your life, it will be 90 minutes well, well, well spent for one reason or the other. Either because you watched a good movie or because you didn't. And it'll be worth it either way. I don't know what just happened. Matt, help us out. Are you recommending this movie? All right. So the one thing I will say... Bobby, you are so, so, so right. I agree. You should watch this movie. Not because it's a good movie. I think it's a movie worth watching with friends, maybe some alcohol included. And it's a fairly enjoyable movie because of that. It's not a good movie, but it's a good movie to watch. I, I Listener, I have no idea what just happened. I did not expect both of those takes. They're both blowing my mind. I'm going to say absolutely watch it as much as uh, uh, the, nostalgia, the nostalgia that came up for me was 100%. And I loved every bit of how terrible this was in just so many ways that I went, you know what? I'm okay with how bad this film is because it makes me feel like a kid again. So nostalgia's winning out on this one. Forgive me for letting the nostalgia win. Um, my re-review is tainted for Bloodsport. <laughs> Forgive me all. But yes, please, please. You hear the recommendations. That's three watches. So obviously, go watch Bloodsport. As always, thank you for listening. And remember, you break my record. Now I break you like I break your friend. <laughs> <laughs>